This season of The Witch Wave is brought to you in part by Black Phoenix Alchemy Lab. Black Phoenix Alchemy Lab is a fragrance house specializing in body and household blends with a dark, romantic, gothic tone. Over the years, they've collaborated with some of my very favorite creative visionaries, including Neil Gaiman, Jim Jarmusch, the Jim Henson Company, and most recently, Junji Ito. They continually return to inspirations drawn from witchcraft, paganism, and mythology, and they also have a sister store called Twilight Alchemy Lab, which creates oils blended and consecrated specifically for ritual use. The lab recently released their annual Halloween perfume collection, a limited edition series which includes scents inspired by folklore accounts of lycanthropy. Customer reviews of their products can be found at the fanrunbpal.org web forum, and you can check out all of their perfumes and other enchanting concoctions over at blackphoenixalchemylab.com. Would you like even more Witch Wave? Do you wish that you could hear from me and my other magical guests on a weekly basis? And what about doing monthly rituals with yours truly? Then come join me over on Patreon, where you'll get bi-weekly bonus Witch Wave Plus episodes, ad-free Witch Wave episodes, and detailed show notes for all. I also lead a monthly online magical workshop, which you can attend live or watch the recording of at your convenience. Rewards for some tiers also include magical merch and contests where you can win witchly prizes each month, as well as early heads up about my other workshops before they sell out. And you can even sign up for the opportunity to work with me one-on-one. And all backers get access to our exclusive digital coven where you can connect to a community of other wonderful Witchwave witches around the world. So what are you waiting for? Head on over to patreon.com slash witchwave now and sign up. It's a magnificent way to get more magic in your life and to support the show. Thanks so much. The world is filled with bewitching people, and you might be one too. Welcome to the podcast where art is magic, magic is real, and reality is stranger than dreams. I'm Pam Grossman, and this is The Witch Wave. Hello and welcome to The Witch Wave. Yes, my darling friends, it is season seven. Lucky, lucky seven. I am so thrilled to be back after a summer of adventure and travel and project incubation, percolation, um, 
these are all euphemistic words for me attempting and failing to write my new book. Although I did do a lot of research and outlining and that counts to God's damn it. Anyhow, I am so happy to be back. I am here with my cat birthday who is purring up a storm. Let me see if I can get birthday purring for you. So yes, birthday is here. Monday is in the other room sleeping. So maybe he's a little less excited, but I still feel his support for season seven in spirit. Anyhow, I just returned from one of the most incredible journeys of my entire life. And that is no hyperbole. At the end of September, between autumn equinox and the full moon, I led a group of some of my bewitching listeners, readers, students on a magical trip to Greece. And the first time I had been there was 23 years ago. I had this life-changing trip as a young adult. I studied poetry on the island of Spetses, and it was also incredible. But to be back there 20 plus years later with this whole coven of witchly kindred spirits was so nourishing and inspiring and the experience was nothing short of life-changing. We went to sacred sites and did rituals and communed with the deities and ate a shit ton of scrumptious food and delicious wine just as Dionysus commanded. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. And while I was so thrilled that we got to go to sites like the Temple of Artemis at Brauron, the Parthenon in Athens, the Healing Sanctuary of Asclepius, and the actual location of the mystery cult of Eleusis, to name but a few, I was honestly unprepared for how much me and the rest of the group would fall head over heels for each other. The wonderful folks who joined me had this wide variety of lived experiences and were such a reminder that witches are everywhere and can be anyone. We had people in their 20s, people in their 60s, and everything in between. There was a lawyer, a doctor, a nurse, an archaeologist, a literal rocket scientist. There were people who had recently lost jobs, parents, marriages. One mother-daughter pair from Australia recently lost their home and everything they owned in a flood and decided to turn that potential tragedy into this gift because they felt free enough that they could travel the world together. And I was so honored that this trip to Greece was part of that journey for them. There were folks who were celebrating milestone birthdays and best friendships and slow but steady healing from injuries and illness. And everyone who attended was so interesting and so brave and so full of love and curiosity and openness that I feel humbled and grateful that they chose to spend their time and resources to travel with me and make magic with me and my trusty assistant slash Vanowitch, Lara. And we just had a ball. 
and oh, the magic we made. I have way too many stories to try and squish into this one intro, and I am sure that I'll be sharing anecdotes upon anecdotes in the weeks and months to come. But one lesson that I kept learning over and over throughout the trip was the importance of going with the flow, trusting spirit, and having fun. Because certainly we were as prepared as we could be to do certain things, but we would sometimes have to change on a dime. We'd have to improvise. Rituals we thought we could do more publicly, we had to do more privately. Rituals I thought we were going to have to sneak and do quickly, we would suddenly find this amazing secluded beach and be able to do it as lavishly and loudly as possible. And so it was a real exercise in staying nimble and making the most out of whatever moments and magic we had to hand. And that is what witches do, as we've talked about time and time again. And boy, did we have fun doing it. And yes, we did moon rituals at the edge of the Aegean and anointing ceremonies amongst sacred archaeological ruins. But when I tell you that one of the biggest hits of the entire trip was when we discovered that Playmobil, which is kind of like Lego, makes their own Greek god and goddess toys and that they sell them all over the country. I mean, we collectively lost our minds. And so many of us came home with our bags stuffed with our little plastic Hermes and Artemis figurines. And one of the witches even surprised me with my very own Circe and Odysseus playset. Thank you very much. It comes with two pigs and an amethyst scepter and it is everything. And I will cherish this gift as much as I will the stone from the Temple of Artemis, which I may or may not have surreptitiously slipped into my bag. I will never tell. Anyhow, this sense of play and say it with me now, reverent irreverence is something that I've actively been trying to cultivate in my magic and in my life overall. And that is why I am so thrilled to kick off season seven of The Witch Wave with today's guest, who is the comedian Chris Fleming. Chris is a beguilingly whimsical and utterly brilliant performer. And as you're about to hear, he just makes me fucking cackle my ass off with wild abandon. But before we get to that, first let's check and see what's come through on The Witch Wire. Who is it? Witches! And here's a treat for you. Certainly it's a treat for me. We started asking for Witch Wire voice memos over the summer, and here is one of them now. Hi, Pam. My name's Haley. And my question is, um, what are some rituals to reground you when you feel like a tether to a person? 
has been untied or cut for you and you're just like floating free. My dad struggles with a lot of mental health issues. He is still physically with us in this world, but due to that, coupled with some other really difficult things, it is hard to have a relationship and I'm having to let go of some things, which is appropriate for this time of year here in October. Um, what are some rituals to heal myself, find regrounding? Um, I'm trying really hard, but I'm in a lot of pain from it. Um, he was an anchor and I need to re-anchor myself. Thank you and, and blessed be. Hi, Haley. Thank you so much for your beautiful message. And it is just so good to hear your voice. First of all, I'm so sorry for what you've been going through with your dad. It is so hard when an important relationship becomes untenable for whatever reason. And even if that person is still physically here, the loss is still so palpable. And sometimes it can even feel harder because you can't fully grieve because the person is still alive even though they're not really here in the same way or in the way that you would like. So it's a very liminal and at times very uncomfortable situation. And so there's understandably going to be these feelings of unsettlement, of grief, and perhaps even a feeling of the death of something, even though your dad is still with us in the material world. So certainly you can lean on mourning rituals, M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G rituals to help you grieve this relationship. And as you mentioned, this is October. So in the same way that leading up to and during Samhain, pagans honor those they've lost, you can feel as if you have the permission to do the same thing or something similar for this relationship. But remember that Samhain is not just a sad holiday. And that doesn't mean that you're not allowed to feel sad and let yourself really feel that pain. But when we mourn, a truly healing aspect of that is to also remember and to give thanks for the good of what was and who they were. And so I wonder if it might be useful for you to try setting up a little altar or doing some sort of remembrance ritual for Samhain in order to honor all that your dad has given you and some of the good memories that you have with him, as well as some of the aspects that he's passed on to you that have helped you feel so anchored. Just because he isn't capable of being that anchor for you right now himself through interaction in the present, that doesn't mean that some of the qualities he instilled in you or memories that you've built together can't still be an anchor for you. So whether that's the strength he gave you, the love, maybe it's a sense of humor or intelligence or a certain skill set or set of qualities that he taught to you or that you inherited from him, you can take time to give thanks for these and build 
a kind of altar to them, whether it's a metaphorical altar or a literal altar, if you feel like actually doing that kind of physical material expression. Speaking of sense of humor, I also want to remind you that it is okay to feel a multiplicity of things about your dad and that as humans, we are capable of holding an entire spectrum of complex feelings within us at the same time. So while you are grieving and feeling the pain that you referenced, which is so understandable, I also think that a very grounding exercise is to figure out more ways to be in your body and to let yourself experience the pleasure that some of these memories bring up for you. What do I mean by embodied remembrance? I mean, maybe you literally eat some of the favorite foods that you shared with him and take time to remember those meals. Maybe he taught you how to cook and you cook some of his favorite recipes. Maybe there's I don't know, a sports team that you cheered on together and you go to one of their games. Whatever it is, my greatest hope is that some of your memories of him will make you smile and maybe even make you laugh. Because absolutely a good cry can help heal people, no question. But so can a good laugh. Laughter is so cathartic and I truly believe that laughter is one of the greatest healing spells that we have. That embodied feeling of relief and release that comes with laughter can be an anchor and that doesn't mean you're not also honoring your pain because I can only imagine how hard this must feel to experience. But if you can figure out a way to also engage with some of those good aspects, those happy memories, those moments that make you laugh, it will paradoxically keep you feeling anchored without feeling weighed down. I hope that helps and I hope your broken heart will eventually find its way to feeling a little bit lighter. Thank you again for your message, Haley. And to the rest of you listening, I so love hearing your voices. And while you can, of course, continue sending Witchwire emails to us, you can also now record a voice memo and send that as well. You simply record it on the voice memo app on your phone or on your computer. And then you just email that sound file to us as an attachment over to witchwavepodcast at gmail.com. We would so love to hear from you. I love hearing your voices. And I know that a lot of the Witchwave audience will appreciate it too. Now, on to my guest. Chris Fleming is an American comedian whose viral videos and stand-up specials have earned him millions of views and fans. His blend of gender-bending fashion, elastic physicality, obscure observations, addictively silly original songs, and adoration of unhinged puppets is for me and for so many others an irresistible comedic brew. 
He is perhaps best known for his YouTube series, Gale, in which he stars as the titular, high-strung suburban mom, Gale Waters Waters. Though I first encountered his work a few years back when his TikTok video called Witch Summer got sent to me by pretty much every witch I know. Here's a quick excerpt from that. I don't want to hang out with anyone this summer who, who isn't a witch. I, there's a lot of shit going on right now, and I need to be informed. I need to be under the, the, the quiet tutelage of a witch. I want to, this summer I need to be, at least be witch adjacent to be happy. And I'm not talking about Gen Xers with a back alley Reiki license who own a studio with hawk feathers and a mosquito ass in it. No, a real witch drinks ice water. A witch owns property. If you ask a witch if they're a witch, they're going to be dodgy about it. Ooh, why do you ask? Oh, Chris, are you talking about the Heim sisters? No, I'm not talking about the Heim. They're from L.A. They're, they're essential oil salesmen. A witch is from Michigan. A witch is from Putnam, New York. Millimeters from the Canadian border for no reason. Fellas can be witches too. The quiet kid on the field trip who wanders off by himself and a horse walks up to him, that's a witch, that's me. That was me. I predicted Pokemon Go. I predicted Lizzo. Chris's newest stand-up special, Hell, is out on Peacock now. And like so many of his other specials and videos, it has brought me immense pleasure. And I have no doubt it will do the same for so many of you. It was a true delight speaking with him. And I have to admit that I literally giggled the entire way home from the studio after we recorded. I was walking down the streets in Brooklyn, just laughing my ass off. People stared, but I was too giddy to give a shit. Chris joined me from his home in LA via Zoom. Chris Fleming, welcome to The Witch Wave. Oh, thank you, Pam. Thank you for having me on The Witch Wave. It's my pleasure. I am overjoyed to have you. I'm just going to come out and say you are my favorite comedian on earth. Wow. And I am just so, so thrilled that you're here. Wow. And I'll also say that I've been having a kind of rocky week for reasons huh. that I will not burden you with. But getting to do a deep dive and really revisit so much of your work has truly lifted my spirit. So thank you so much for that. That means a lot. I'm sorry that it's under those circumstances, though. And you can burden me if you want to. I really I can take it. Yeah, you want to make this all about me? All right, I'm going to just tell you one thing because I Great. think you'll actually appreciate this. Great. So my husband went to the ER on Monday because he woke up at 4.30 in the morning gagging and choking and coughing. So we rush him to the emergency room and it turns out he had a swollen uvula. No, it's the dangler. Right? Yeah, that's the dangler. And this is because of a blood pressure medicine that he's been put on recently. And it's just like a very weird side effect in a very small percentage of people. 
He's totally fine. Oh my god! In the commercial, they probably tell you it's a side effect, but it's Busta Rhymes doing it. You know, <laughs> like how fast it is. Hold on, Yuvia. They might choke on. <laughs> Are you old enough to remember the Micro Machines guy? Do you know what no. that is? Okay, Micro no. Machines were these tiny toy cars, and the guy who advertised them spoke really quickly. Josh, our sound engineer, is nodding vigorously. Okay, well that's for all it, those. Wait, is your husband okay? Oh yes, he's so fine. I would not have shared this he's story so with fine. you. He's fine. He's fine. He is so fine. He is <laughs> He's so, all of it. Your husband is so fine. Let me tell you. <laughs> he truly, <laughs> truly is. I would not probably be here if he wasn't. I mean, I do love to podcast, but I don't know that my dedication is that strong. That is a hot commodity. And I think in old Dixie these days is having a swollen uvula on a man. <laughs> Silly. <laughs> like a bullfrog. <laughs> Pure, pure ridiculousness. The only reason I remember the uvula is because in cartoons in the 90s, it was whenever someone was screaming, it always zoom in on the uvula. Yes. When I wanted to be a cartoonist, that was like one of the first things I learned to draw was a uvula kind of shaking. Yes. Yes, that's exactly it. So I figured you would appreciate that specific detail from my week this week. It honestly does seem like kind of like an old timey witch's curse story, <laughs> you know. <laughs> exactly. Is that disrespectful to the community? No, no. Okay. And I will just come out in public and I will say I did not cause this to happen to my husband, <laughs> just for the record, just so we can clear that up. So I want to talk with you about so many things today, Chris. First and foremost, you have a new special out. It's on Peacock. It is called Hell. Yes. I love it. Everyone has to go watch it immediately. Congratulations on that. Oh, thank you for watching it, too. I mean, the witch community tuning in, that's massive <laughs> for me. Well, I know this. And actually, before we dive into the special, I should say that I think one of the earliest reasons that you came on my radar is you had one of your viral videos go around, I think it was a few years ago, called Witch Summer. Yeah. And you talk about, I know how lame it is for someone to like break down your beautifully constructed comedy and I will not oh, attempt. It's, to... it's not beautifully constructed. <laughs> <laughs> it's shoddily assembled. I usually don't even get across any of the points I set out to do. So no, please remind me. I remember talking about drinking ice water in it, uh, but that's really all <laughs> I remember. Yes. Well, the conceit of this manically constructed video is essentially yeah. how you want to be part of the witch community and right. how you want this summer to be witch summer. You only want to hang out with witches, but they have to yep. be real witches. And I can't even live with myself trying to quote you on this. So I will edit in with your permission, the actual clip, if that's OK. Permission granted. Thank you. <laughs> but in it, you say, take me in witch community. So. I suppose I can be an ambassador for the community and I can welcome you officially to our coven. So welcome, Chris Fleming. I am so honored to be here. Thank you. <laughs> that is the dream. You know, during the Salem Witchcraft Trials, how there were like five dudes who also died? Yes. Pour one out for Giles Corey. Of course. I think I would have been one of those five who got kind of caught up in it. That was the summer of 2021. I wanted to be witch adjacent. To me, I think being around witches, they're doing their thing. It's like, I liken it to being around people who do cocaine. Like, they don't tell me they're doing cocaine. Like, I've never been told <laughs> that, mm -hmm. that they're doing it. I've never been yeah. invited to do it. And the same thing with, like, true witches. Like, we'll be hanging out. They're not going to let me in on all the stuff they're doing. But I just want to be near it. And it's true. I mean... I obviously am out and proud. I'm out of the broom closet, if you will. 
I will. I'm not shy about it. <laughs> <I'm glad. laughs> but but certainly there's definitely parts of my practice that nobody knows about and that I don't share with people. So yeah, we'd have to get to know each other a little bit better before maybe you were like invited to a ritual or something. But you know, totally. I, I feel like we're getting there. I feel like we're getting there, Chris. <laughs> I, I move pretty fast. <laughs> do you have a coven? I do. I do indeed. Wow. I wow. know. I oh. know. Just women, though. I would say women and feminine presenting non-binary folks. Okay, got it, got it, got it, got it. Yeah, yeah. there's some yeah. non-binary folks in our coven, too. Yeah. You're not having, like, baseball coaches show up <laughs> to this. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know, never say never. I'm pretty open-minded. But, yeah, there'd probably be a vetting process for someone like that, for sure, for sure. Sports in general puts me on edge, but I don't think that's because I'm a witch. I think it's just because I'm, like, very poorly coordinated. I think wiffle ball is a pretty witchy sport if you think about it. Tell me. Well, the wiffle ball, the way it <laughs> it's unpredictable, the way that it's taught, <laughs> you know. And uh, same thing with uh, what's the one? I don't want to say shuttlecock because I don't want your sensors to have to work overtime. <laughs> but badminton, badminton's another witchy. That's ah, the witchiest. Well, it's bad. it's completely unpredictable <laughs> and it's yeah, bad. And it's, it's evil. Yeah. I mean, come on, <laughs> totally. Oh, my goodness. But speaking of bad things, I want to talk about, first of all, the name of your special, Hell. What yeah. made you land on that name and and what were your intentions for the special overall? Yeah. Oh, I think there's two answers to that. The first was I find that specials typically kind of glamorize the act of stand-up comedy and therefore make it kind of an exclusive thing. Being all cool, walking to the stage and then like being handed the mic and, you know, go. it's like treated kind of like rock and roll and really we're performing in like Petco's most like Petco Unleashed <laughs> most of the time. Like, it's not a sexy thing at all. I thought it's also funny to kind of show the uh, horror element of it. And so I wanted to kind of show the hell of performing and performance anxiety and my experience over the last 20 years of doing it. But then also I was raised Catholic. And so the heaven hell binary is one that I can't shake. And <laughs> I reference it a lot in the hour. It could have been coming out of pandemic. I'm just thinking about hell a lot. I don't know. But I got hell in the mind quite a bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I also just think it's a funny name for it. Oh, it's perfect. <laughs> it's absolutely perfect. Thank you. I would actually love to hear more about your upbringing. You certainly talk a little bit about it in your comedy. But what was it like to grow up Catholic? I was raised Jewish and now I'm a pagan Jew. So oh, cool. I don't have other than like, obviously, I have friends who are Catholic and so on. But the reference points for me are certainly not as deep. So yeah. was it as oppressive as a lot of people seem to have experienced? What was it like for you? In the Irish Catholic realm, it's a very external thing. So it diminishes any understanding of the self. And it's more about who's watching, how you're being received and all this fear of God and obsessive need to pray, which I think has given me and other people I know who were raised like this kind of this strange OCD where I still pray like sometimes like a hundred times a day. Like I'll feel like if I don't say the same thing, then bad things will happen to loved ones. In the church, you confess your sins and then you are given like a prescription to say like 12 Hail Marys and like to our fathers and <laughs> totally and let yeah. me just jump in to say like I've always been really jealous of confession like that always seemed <laughs> I don't know saucy to me right well <laughs> it, it, yeah it was portrayed in Zorro was really saucy <laughs> but we just were just sitting in like metal chairs at the altar with the priest it wasn't no really. They weren't even cushioned. They weren't ornate wooden carved chairs. Come on, Chris. 
not even ornate they are just fold-out chairs ka-chunk, ka-chunk, sitting face no. to face yeah yeah wait so it wasn't obscured it wasn't like no 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 you're sitting there face to face with a guy yeah Ugh, that's not mm -hmm. fun at all no no i go to a therapist i've been in therapy forever and a day and i still yeah. wish i could be in like a beautiful lounge chair you know like a fainting chair but it's never like that it's over zoom there's nothing glamorous about it you know you could set up your own little love seat or something like a fainting couch that would be really funny. I know you're kidding, but like you're kind no, of no, making me reframe. I mean, it is Zoom. I am in my own home. I suppose yep. I could get a beautiful fainting chair. Or you could lie down on your bed, but green screen the classic <laughs> psychiatrist's couch. That could be kind of a fun bit to play. I love this idea so much. Oh yeah. my goodness. Okay. Anyhow. Yeah. I was so rude. You're telling me about Catholicism. Please continue. No, 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 you're not rude at all. I mean, that's basically <laughs> it. But it was mostly like, there's this sense of, oh, Chris, no, we, 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 get, we just got to go. Like, it, like, I don't even think my parents knew why we were going. It was just mostly out of like a fear of not going. It's this thing of God's always watching and, you know, taking attendance and stuff. But I still feel really beholden to it. I don't go to church. I'm a coward, first and foremost. That's a, that's an important <laughs> thing to know about me. Noted. <laughs> I'm afraid of bad things happening to me. You're afraid of hell. Yeah. I don't even know what my choice is in the matter. It's mostly just like, eh, careful. Like, okay, when I first saw The Witch or The Vitch, you know. I, I love this film. It's one of my favorite films. A lot of listeners love this film. I have a friend who insists on calling it The Vitch, which cracks <laughs> me up every time. But yes, yeah. I think it's yeah. a marvelous film. Yeah. I mean, that, that is truly what it's like to grow up in Massachusetts in modern day. <laughs> I've never seen a better represent, you know, like Sacramento has Lady Bird and Central Mass has the bitch. And it's, yeah, I'm terrified of it. I'm terrified of even liking. I'm terrified of being drawn to witches, you know, yeah. it's, it's, I'm simply that young boy in the witch, Caleb with the gap thermal beanie who throws his life away for the cleavage in the woods. <laughs> I so, I so relate to that, dude. Like so many before him. Absolutely. Like so many. And he like wakes up with an apple in his throat, not unlike <laughs> your spouse, you know? <laughs> oh my goodness. It all mm -hmm. ties together. Absolutely. Listen, mm -hmm. on that note, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. This episode of The Witch Wave is brought to you, as it so often is, by the marvelous Mithras Candle. Fall is here, and with the cool autumn air and darkening evenings comes a radiant tool for creating the perfect sacred setting or cozy moment. Of course, I'm talking about Mithras candles. These pure beeswax lights are inspired by the modern science of photobiology, along with ancient pagan practices and cosmic mysteries. Mithras candles are handmade by my mythic and scientific pals in Philadelphia and come in traditional golden yellow and sensual black hues with other colors and collaborations popping up seasonally. I'm telling you, my friends, you will be hooked like I am once you experience the gorgeous Byzantine hand-dripped style of a Mithras candle and their honeyed floral aroma. Mm. Go to MithrasCandle.com to pick up the perfect glowing addition to your magical moments. And Witchwave listeners get 23% off their first order using offer code WITCH at checkout. That's offer code WITCH at 
Amazon Magic, I-T-H-R-A-S Candle.com. That's code WITCH at MithrasCandle.com for 23% off your first order. The Witch Wave is sponsored by BetterHelp. Oh, my friends, there are so many times in my life when I want to do something that I know is good for me, like, I don't know, getting to bed on time, getting exercise, eating well, tackling a project head on, whatever it is, but then anxiety, overwhelm, or spiraling thoughts start whirling around in my head and making it all so much harder for me to actually do. Do you ever feel like your brain is getting in its own way? Like you know what you should do, you know what's good for you, but you just can't bring yourself to do it? Ugh, the worst. However, therapy helps you figure out what's holding you back so that you can work for yourself instead of against yourself. Now, I've talked about therapy many, many times before, and I will continue to do so because I have been in therapy myself for decades, and gratefully so, and it has helped me get past so many of those sabotaging thoughts and fears so I can make the right choices for myself and move forward in helpful ways. It helps me get to the root cause of some of my negative thinking, and together with my therapist, I've been able to come up with coping mechanisms for when those thought goblins start to get in my way. And let's be clear, therapy isn't just for people going through major trauma or drama, though obviously it can be massively helpful for that too. But it can also be for those of us who are struggling with the day-to-day stresses of life. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself, and I know that for me, I just wouldn't be able to be as effective of a writer, a podcaster, a partner, a friend without having a therapist that I know that I can talk to at a time that's designated just for me to process my own stress and emotions and focus on my own well-being. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, and it's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Make your brain your friend with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash witchwave today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash witchwave. I want to tell you about a brand new book called New Moon Magic by Risa Dickens and Amy Torok, who are the podcasters and writers that make one of my other favorite witch podcasts, Missing Witches. In New Moon Magic, Risa and Amy remind us that we don't need to buy a single thing to connect with our own phenomenal magic. New Moon Magic offers 13 essential practices for the modern witch, one for each new moon of the year, that will help you discover or rediscover your magic and nurture a witchcraft that creates instead of consumes. 
Each practice is paired with a witch who embodies the craft, including The Word with Terry Tempest Williams and Toni Morrison, The Circle with Audre Lorde, and The Garden with Mayumi Oda, and so many more. Through historical research, interviews, and the author's own stories, New Moon Magic offers wisdom and guidance from real witches past and present. It's available now wherever books are sold, and here's some exciting news just for you. Their publisher, North Atlantic Books, is offering listeners 30% off plus free shipping on New Moon Magic with code NEWMOON, all one word, at www.northatlanticbooks.com now through December 31st, 2023. This offer is limited to recipients with U.S.-based mailing addresses only, so if that describes you, then please go over to northatlanticbooks.com and order New Moon Magic for 30% off and free shipping with code NEWMOON today. Here's Chris Fleming on the game Cornhole from his special Hell. I would rather show up to a backyard space and have the jocks just have bloodhounds <laughs> sniffing my blouses <laughs> and muskets at their feet. Chris, we're going to hunt you for sport. You have 15 seconds to run. And then we're going to play the most dangerous game. Yes, okay. That, I get that. This, the feeling, it's like, it feels like a witch test. The test would be, can Chris fit in that little hole? And the answer is yes. You wouldn't, I'm like an octopus. You wouldn't believe the spaces I can get into. Welcome back to The Witch Wave. Today I'm speaking with Chris Fleming. So Chris, we're talking about how you were raised Catholic and clearly you have an interest in witches. You reference witches quite a bit throughout your work. Certainly, there's many, many, many other things that you reference. I'm not trying to, like, change your personal brand here. I could use a little reconstruction. <laughs> it needs to be snazzed up every once in a while. <laughs> you're doing just fine, and you're pretty fucking snazzy, so I wouldn't worry oh, okay. too much about it. But I am curious. So it sounds like Catholicism is something that is still ingrained in you. Was there any kind of other spiritual influence that was part of your upbringing as well? Well, I was raised with women. It's all women in my family. Mm -hmm. You wouldn't believe the ratio. I think I'm maybe 2% of men. And I got used to kind of at an early age, women and girls <laughs> communing and me not quite understanding the level that maybe they're communicating on, what's happening and all that, but admiring it and wanting to be a part of it. <laughs> yeah. And maybe that's another aspect of it. Yeah. I just love kicking it with women. I used to do a bit about what the sisters, I forget what it was, but it was about when two sisters are talking either to you or at you and you can't even tell and you'd have really nothing to add to it and they're talking at the same time. Just like the closeness of sisters. I have a sister myself. I mean, there's nothing like being proxy to the bond of sisters. I, I just love it. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Yeah. So let's talk about when you're performing comedy. Yeah. It strikes me as something that is a lot about confronting fear. Like, I'm really interested. 
I love comedy. I'm like a big SNL dork. Sure. And the more I try to deconstruct it for myself, like it really feels medicinal on some level. And that doesn't sound very fun, but I mean it as like a really high compliment. Like it seems healing or therapeutic, but it also feels like there's a lot about transmuting fear into something Completely. beautiful, Completely. hopefully, right? Is that how you think about it? And does it feel scary to do still? Oh, I hate doing it sometimes. <laughs> I mean, last night I did two shows and I was so deathly afraid. There's always a dread and it always feels like a death march. I'm not really like a dreamer. Like I'm pretty pragmatic about what a situation can yield. And more often than not, chances are it's going to go horribly awry. The idea that it's going to go well... <laughs> That's really wishful thinking, and it's really unrealistic. I'm doing a bit now about how I have a hard time relaxing in public, and I don't want to be seen relaxed in public. And after doing this bit, I'm finding myself in the same situation that I'm talking about actually being okay relaxing in this way. I'm afraid of so many things, and then being able to communicate these things in a way where people laugh. Either like, yeah, you're crazy, or yeah, I also, <laughs> I also feel that way. Yeah. Either way is really cathartic for me, at least. So it's, it's nice. I, I mean, if I could do that with all my fears, then I could eventually be incredibly zen. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I'm curious, when you start to put together a special like Hell, is that, and we should tell the listeners, those who haven't watched it yet, not only is it you on stage, but there's also clips and there's a few musical numbers and there's puppets. I mean, it's really yep. an extravaganza. I will call it a yeah. visual feast just because oh, I love nice. that phrase. <laughs> yes, yeah. a yeah. banquet, if you will. <laughs> when you're putting this together, is it also scary because you know so many more people are going to see a special as opposed to on stage, which is more ephemeral because it's a live experience? That's a great question. Yeah, I'm always afraid of not putting my best foot forward for something where people are discovering me for the first time. Mm -hmm. But something that I've learned is it's so much better to come forward with where you are. Yeah, maybe I was objectively better in 2017, like pre-pandemic, but I can't return to that. And so to set up that expectation, it would be dishonest for me to be more like that. And so even if you're going to bomb, it like... It is just nice to be present, and this is where I'm at right now. And especially out of the pandemic, the fact that I could even hold a microphone and keep my eyes open, you know, like the fact that any of us are able <laughs> to do anything, it feels nice. And I happen to think it's a good representation of where I was at, you know, yeah, in 2022. Yeah. So I'm curious too, as someone who, and I'm someone who has anxiety, and oh, it helps. So I yeah. understand what that is, but I'm yeah. wondering how do you fortify yourself? before you go on stage. Like, I'm really interested caffeine. in... <laughs> there we go. It's mostly caffeine, yeah. I'm interested in the ways in which performers of any genre, of any art, shift into perhaps another consciousness or another part of themselves yeah. before they go on stage, before they perform. And it doesn't have to be an alter ego like Beyonce taps into Sasha Fierce or whatever. But yeah. do you find yourself shifting into another energy level or do you have to do things in order other than caffeine to shift into yeah. the more performance? side of yourself? I'm trying to get my performance style to be as close to how I am in, in real. I mean, obviously, I'm not breaking into songs and shit in real life, but <laughs> I'm trying to not make it too different from who I am. Obviously, I'm shy in the real world, but I think to get me there, I've watched a lot of Prince clips. Yes. Prince yes. Live. 
I watch a ton of Prince. Mm-hmm. I listen to Stand Back by Stevie Nicks. Usually that usually gets me there. Ugh. When I was starting out and like, I remember in 2006, before every show I would watch a clip from Stop Making Sense where it's David Byrne singing Once in a Lifetime. Mm-hmm. I was really young then, but I was like, I want to be as good as this person. But also there's a moment where you can see that he's enjoying himself. And I want to be able to get so good that I can occasionally enjoy myself on stage. And that does happen. I, I, there's a lot of moments in hell where I am truly gleefully enjoying myself Uh, but often before a show literally my legs give out i'm like i can't you know i I can't fucking do this (laughs) really so you have a little bit of stage fright what do you call it yeah i used to dry heave a lot i haven't done that in a long time before shows but i used to dry heave before every single show oh yeah no i thought i had to do it to get there yeah yeah where i'm like oh i'm not gonna be funny if i don't dry heave Mm. and how did that stop for you if you don't mind my asking uh therapy yes and uh slowing down Truly, the pandemic, sorry to keep talking. I don't know why I'm talking so much about the pandemic. Because it was a huge three-year trauma that (laughs) we're still (laughs) suffering from. Yes, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was really guided to view my anxiety, uh, you know, and I have a lot of people to thank for that, being able to kind of separate my anxiety from myself. I feel like you're a kindred spirit, but I also feel like kindred spiritude Do I need, like, your consent for that? Like, can I call you that or does it have to go both ways? But I feel a kinship with you, especially when it comes to, like, a lot of your musical references and a lot of your aesthetic choices. Like, you just listed three of my favorite performers of all time. And one of the things I really love about you, in addition to your words and your language, is also the way in which you present yourself. Like, I happen to love your fashion. I love the way that you play with gender. And I imagine you might be tired of talking about it, but if you'll indulge me, I, I, I play with I would... gender. <laughs> you poor thing. But... <laughs> no, 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 not at all. Yeah, I mean, I am honored that you consider me a kindred spirit. That shirt, by the way, is to die for. I wore it for you. Thanks. It's so cool. Thanks. I mean, yeah. I'll send you a link. <laughs> <laughs> That's been the most organic part of my life. Has been. It's not really that profound for me. It's that coming from Massachusetts, the way that people are afraid of you when you dress feminine in Massachusetts, they want to kill you, but they're also kind of afraid of it. There's this crazy thing. I found some power in that, even though I was drawn to flamboyance as a young boy. Mm -hmm. I just loved dressing up like a woman and stuff. And Mm -hmm. I just have these rules about style for myself. I want to be flamboyant, but I, I try to do a gentle flamboyance. I have a lot of rules. Like I don't ever wear gold because I don't want to look like Michael Jackson in the Remember <laughs> the Time music video. I feel like silver and gold makes you just kind of look like a YouTuber or something. And <laughs> I hate when a guy is like just edging towards flamboyance and wears crazy socks. That, like That's my biggest fear is being like, go for it. You know? Yeah. I wasn't able to fully express this until I left Massachusetts, though. Like, I was getting there, but then coming to California was how I found stylistic freedom because no one gives a fuck out here. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Was there a specific moment you can remember where you, like, gave yourself permission to wear something super flamboyant? First of all, I love the phrase gentle flamboyance. So maybe it wasn't super flamboyant, but was there a moment or a signature piece that you encountered? I'm picturing this Excalibur moment of you like pulling the sword from the stone, you know? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You just take these boots from the rack and you're like, yes, it's me. Let's go for it. Was there a moment like that for you? Boots really help. 
It started with pants. I remember my friend Jesse in middle school gave me pleather pants and I wore them once and that felt pretty crazy, but good. A girlfriend in high school gave me women's jeans. You know, it started like that. And that was kind mm -hmm. of seen as extreme. Also, yeah, I don't want to startle people. Like when I say gentle flamboyance, yeah, there's like a kind of a fuck you to it, but I'm trying to do it kind of softly. It's it's yeah. complicated. It's like a, a whispered fuck you. It's <laughs> I like don't know. A fuck you yeah. with like a gentle massage and like aroma therapy or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's also coming up in stand-up comedy. Every guy in the early 2000s was just wearing flannel shirts and I got into British comedy. Yes. He's a maniac now, but Russell Brand used to have a beautiful feminine quality to himself on stage that was really cool to not even be identifying as something, but just to be doing it. And Noel Fielding, same way that I became obsessed with that. Yeah. I'm basically just ripping off the Brits. Yeah. Is Eddie Izzard someone that you admire as well? Oh, yeah. I love Eddie Izzard. What is it about the Brits and gender bending? Because, you know, I'm a huge Bowie fan. And oh, of course. But when I think about, yeah, like even Monty Python, and I know some of that hasn't aged super well, but men dressing up as women and a history of drag. Yeah. I love drag. You know, as something that was like respectable, even though it was also silly and there was foolishness and exuberance to it too. I wonder what it is about that. They're like really socially conservative, the Brits, until like 5 p.m. when they have like six <laughs> bottles of wine and then they're like, <laughs> absolutely nuts but like they're so socially conservative but they're so good at compartmentalizing i think like this is a performance space let's go absolutely hog shit in this performance space and yes they're so much bolder and like they're so much further ahead i'm a decade late to what the uk have been doing. and people think it's radical that i dress up the way that i do in stage clothes as a comedian but like it's totally vetted already in the uk and you know, it's like when the Stones came to America and everyone, <laughs> yeah, people were so pissed at them for, you know, wearing like eyeliner, women's t-shirts and eyeliners. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're, we're yeah. so close-minded. It's pretty funny. Well, there's that puritanical thing coming back again. And you yeah. grew up in the land of the Puritans. My goodness. Oh, so. Yes, I sure did. Yeah. Did Salem have any kind of impact on you? I don't think you were super close to that area. Were you? Did you grow up in no. like Boston area? Yeah, I grew up in Central Mass, so it's like an hour from Salem. No, we spent a lot of time learning about the Salem Witchcraft Trials, but I don't even think I went there as a child. Really? I assumed everyone had to go there on a field trip if you grew up in Massachusetts. We would go to Sturridge Village. That was where we were. It's like a reenactment town. And there's like some guy, like your friend's dad is a blacksmith and stuff, but he pretends to not have driven <laughs> a, <laughs> an Ultima there. It's that kind of thing. It's, it's so good. But, but yeah, no Salem for me. Ah, well, maybe you got some of the pageantry from the reenactment sites. I don't know. Did you covet any of their outfits? <laughs> <laughs> the bonnets. The low ponies. <laughs> the clumsiest ponytails. In the hemisphere. Oh, my God. <laughs> my mom has made me promise her. This is what Massachusetts is. She's made me promise her when I'm 50, I won't have a ponytail, that I'll have my hair cut, that I will not. <laughs> yeah. That's Massachusetts. Incredible. On that note, we're going to take another quick break and we'll be right back. This season of The Witch Wave is brought to you in part by Sphere and Sundry an astro-magical atelier where you can get expertly elected materia magica, oils, incense, bath salts, salves, inks, beauty oils, and more, which have been ritually crafted during rare 
powerful and benefic astrological configurations. And oh my word, I can tell you firsthand, this is the stuff. These formulas are chosen in accord with the strict requirements of the talismanic tradition outlined in the Picatrix and other ancient grimoires, meaning you can benefit from the power of amazing astrological transits, even when the stars haven't aligned. These are incredible tools for witches who are looking to embrace the manifestations and results of their spell work, especially the Luna in Cancer series. And I myself have the Luna in Cancer incense, and it is a dream to use for any kind of lunar magic. Venus Materia can be used for love, glamour, and attraction. Regulus for fame and recognition, Asclepius for healing and transformation, and Deneb Algedi for protection. I also used several of Sphere and Sundry's magical products on site in Greece during our group rituals, and they were so potent and so exquisite. I can't say enough good things about them. Since 2018, Sphere and Sundry have been a key driver in the rising tide of popularity and interest in astrological magic, amassing over 5,000 five-star reviews and field reports on their website. Most orders ship within one business day, and Sphere and Sundry is also well known for their incredible customer service as they are their magical results, and I can attest to that as well. Learn more and get $10 off your first order at spheerandsundry.com using the code WITCHWAVE. That's spheerandsundry.com, S-P-H-E-R-E-A-N-D-S-U-N-D-R-Y.com and use code WITCHWAVE for $10 off your first order. I want to tell you about a new witchy queer-led podcast called Psyche Magic, where psychotherapist Jordan Hale interviews artists of all stripes about working with the subconscious via dreams, tarot, and the spirit realm. These freeform, playful conversations are about integrating the magic of symbol into both waking and dreaming life deepening a sense of interconnection, creativity, and self-knowledge. Jordan's velvety voice and nurturing energy are perfect for relaxing and sending you off for a restful and sometimes eventful night's sleep. If you're like me, you're a practical witch who wants to put those seven or eight, or dare I say nine, hours of sleep to good use, and the Psyche Magic podcast will help you learn to work mindfully with your dream material and cultivate sustainable practices around reveling in your inner world. So grab your nearest dream journal and check out this dreamy podcast. You can visit their website at PsycheMagicPodcast.com. That's P-S-Y-C-H-E MagicPodcast.com. Or by searching Psyche Magic wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, Witch Wavers. I have exciting news. At long last, we have some new Witch Wave merch available for you now through Tee Public. 
we decided to go with TeePublic for our new Witchwave merch because it is a print-on-demand site, which means you can get different variations of the Witchwave logo printed on t-shirts, mugs, totes, stickers, magnets, notebooks, oh my gods, the sky's the limit. And the shirts come in different styles and fabrics and colors and are available in sizes small through 5XL, so you can order whatever you'll feel you're most magical in. So head on over to witchwavepodcast.com slash shop. Welcome back to The Witch Wave. Today I'm speaking with Chris Fleming. So I have in capital letters on my question sheet here just the word Aquarius, because <laughs> I am also an Aquarius. <gasps> oh my God. I'm telling you, kindred spirits. I'm just going to keep pushing this at you. It's going to make you uncomfortable after a while. Do you almost feel like sometimes conversation with Aquarius is almost, oh, it's like, you know what I'm talking about? We don't even need to talk. Extraneous? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we just showed by actually showing that we don't need to talk. <laughs> It's almost like we're wasting our time by talking and we could just be like the aliens in Arrival, just kind of this like... (laughs) Oh my gosh, I loved that movie so much. I really, really did. Amy Adams with a whiteboard, I love that. (laughs) I mean, who doesn't love a whiteboard? With her own name on it, I love that. (laughs) Any movie where there's like a decoding of a language, I'm there. (laughs) Totally. I don't care what genre it is. I want (laughs) there to be like words and scribbles, a cipher. Like that's all I need in film, (laughs) frankly. I'm telling you. Yeah. But do you identify as an Aquarius like very strongly? Do you care about such things? Recently, the more people have described the Aquarian thing, it's like it makes so much sense about how I am and how I see the world and why people have (laughs) <laughs> the impulse that people have had to ground me. Yeah, yeah, I do. I do. Yeah. Do you? Oh, definitely. Although yeah. now everybody's saying that your sun sign, it's right. fine, but it's really all about the rising sign. So right. what can I right. say? <laughs> Throwing me for a loop. <laughs> I don't know if you have the Chani app, but Chani's like oh, I don't. the cool astrologer. Oh, Chris, you got to get the Chani app. On Spotify, I used to have Aquarius today, but she stopped doing it in June, and I've been heartbroken. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. So Aquarians around the world just don't know what's going to happen today anymore on Spotify? How tragic. We're completely lost. I mean, and she got so specific. (laughs) She'd be like, today you may have noticed that there's a lot of broken glass in the streets, and you might see two unleashed dachshunds tomorrow (gasps) morning. It's like that kind of shit. Okay, I'm sorry, but you saying dachshunds right now is actually a huge synchronicity. Our Aquarian antennae are vibrating madly right now. (laughs) Dachshunds, (laughs) they're my favorite animal. I'm obsessed really? with them. And I just met one yesterday. Its name was Hugo. It was the best dog I've seen in easily three months. I rate dogs and I'm very stringent about it. You should know. When I run for office, one of my bills will be that they should be considered mustelids. They're in the weasel family. I think they should be like considered more like a like a badger, weasel, like, like a stoat. <gasps> They're not really dogs, right? A dachshund. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's why I love them because I'm more of a cat person. What can I say? I do love a okay. dog, but yeah, basically, like I love 85% of all cats, 45% of all dogs. That's what I'll say. Oh, wow. That's a failing grade. Yeah. Okay. Aquarius. I am very drawn to other Aquarius. Yeah. Yeah. I want to ask about your Aunt Patty. 
sometimes you make things and you forget that you've made them. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's just like a <laughs> Nardwar. I thought this was like a Nardwar moment where we knew a family member that, I <laughs> that, that I've never spoken about. But yeah, yeah, Auntie Patty, yeah. Well, that happens to me too. Sometimes people will reference something I've written in one of my books or whatever, and I will have no recollection of it. I never remember anything I do. And you make so much. You're so wildly prolific. I Ooh. imagine that you can't. Well, you are, Chris. That's nice to hear. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if it's a compliment. I meant it as one, <laughs> but I think it's a fact. You just put a lot of content out there. So I'd imagine you don't remember. Anyhow, I'm referencing your Aunt Patty because you speak about her in your special hell and how she seemed to have a big influence on you. And I was wondering, is she still with us? No, she passed in 2013, unfortunately. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry to hear that. Well, this was a real cul-de-sac, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. She was a big influence. Yeah, former nun. Mm -hmm. I think maybe one of the first people that treated me less like a child, more like a person. Mm -hmm. I think that'll do that. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Yeah. And just having someone who's a former nun, like showing you that religion is something that you can get out from under, if you will. Yeah. Do you feel like that's a message that you internalized from her? Or am I just like projecting too much? Wow. Wow. That's a good question. I do think she still had like holy water in her house. I mean, she definitely got away from the convent. Convent. Yeah. The she monastery. <laughs> yeah. That's a really good question. She definitely was liberated in all ways. And so were all of her friends. And I was trying to communicate that in the special. There was this ever growing number of women who were just so much fun. And. <laughs> just so funny and so vibrant and completely this untethered yeah and i think i really looked up to that and she was in my family the only one i think that was kind of a magpie uh flamboyant she loved clothes and shiny mm -hmm. things and she has such a charisma to her yeah like, I just had an intuition in that part of your special, the phrase that you use is that you were witch christened by a seaside coven, <laughs> which I love. <laughs> Thank you. I won't spoil the whole bit, but it's essentially... Oh, you can spoil it. You're yeah. talking yeah, yeah. about this moment in your childhood where you had to encounter a very, very, very old person and give them an a kiss. An unbelievably <laughs> old person. Like yes. the oldest person still I've ever... I, I will never forget the image of this person. Yeah. Yeah. And there was kind of like a gaggle. May I hope I'm not misremembering this. No, no, you're absolutely right. Yeah. There's a crowd of former nuns cheering us on. It was like a celebration. I mean, the whole thing is very Rosemary's baby or something. It's like <laughs> yes. there's all these women cheering us on as me and my sister meet this incredibly old woman and kiss her kiss this old woman like on the cheek or something. Yes. And we never spoke of it again. Well, Katie and I have talked about it. We don't know who she is. My parents don't know who she is. <laughs> We were with my Auntie Patty and my Auntie Lee. They took us to this house. It was like we were going out to, you know, like we really want you to meet somebody. And then we go and then we go do something else. It doesn't make any sense who it was. But yeah, you know what? That could explain some of my witch obsession. <laughs> it's a more positive hereditary kind of situation. <laughs> let's hope so. Everybody still yeah, has their let's heads. Hope. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I'm assuming. I yeah, don't yeah, know yeah, your no, family. We still have, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe no, yeah. someone's been decapitated. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think so, no. Oh, good, good. That would have been so <laughs> yeah, awkward yeah. if... If I was headless, yeah, you didn't know. 
my video's off, you know. I mean, exactly. Anything could happen. Yeah. I want to ask you just to geek out for a couple of seconds about puppets, because you oh, do sure. use a lot of them throughout your work. And I'm a huge Henson nerd. And oh. I have this phrase I use probably too much, but it's demented joy. Like, I love when <laughs> something is joyful and exuberant, but in like a dark, demented way. And yeah. your puppets definitely fit the bill. We try to make not felt puppets. We don't want cute eyes. We don't want felt. <laughs> definitely. And I wanted to know about how you make these puppets and why you incorporate puppets in your work. In the special, the the Teatro Bavers were made by, which are these like naked mole rat inspired creatures. They were made by these guys in Detroit, Steve Smith and his crew of these punk puppeteers. So that really elevated my vision. With Cat Solon, we sketched these creatures. But usually what I'm doing is going to Joanne Fabric and just spending like an hour there. And one time I made this character to Piglio, who's like- I love that video. Oh my God. Keep going. Thank I'm you. sorry. Oh, no. No, you can always interrupt me. <laughs> Lavish compliments. compliments. Yeah, please, please. <laughs> Flattery is not an interruption. I, uh, yeah, I made DePiglio. I was trying to make like an animal that's kind of like a dog is how the community describes him. You know, it's a lot of foam stuff and, and I do it kind of shittily. I think he was my first one and uh, I've done a bunch since. I just think it helps. <laughs> yeah. If I have a character that's not human. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Were you a big like Muppets person or did you have any other kind of puppety influences when you were younger? The Dark Crystal was a big one. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, the Muppets Come were great. Come on, Chris. Chris, we're best friends by the end of this. <laughs> <laughs> you poor, poor man. I'm sorry. No, I'm no, going to slow my great. roll. Oh, no. Dark Crystal, whatever. I don't care. <laughs> What's that? That's me playing it cool. I don't enjoy the Dark Crystal, but I'm obsessed with the Dark Crystal. Yes. It doesn't feel good to watch The Dark Crystal. You know what does feel good is Labyrinth. Ugh. I didn't discover Labyrinth until my friends in college showed it to me. And that really, oh, I mean, mm -hmm. maybe besides The Shining, my favorite piece in Crazy Heart, my favorite piece of media that exists. Mm. Mm. I, I love that shit. I mean, The Dark Crystal is also, it's so funny. I wanted to do a show called Unspeakable Earth, and I pitched it everywhere, and no one wanted to do it, but it was Planet Earth, but with made-up animals. Oh. I thought it would have been so funny. That was like my passion project. You know, I just love the idea of if you took Dark Crystal and made it like a comedy kind of a thing, you know? That sounds like a dream. Ugh, those fools. <laughs> Pearls before no, swine. I, it makes sense why they didn't do it. You love Henson as well? Are you kidding me? I'm obsessed. I'll actually tell you a quick, quick Dark Crystal story. Hell yeah. The first time I watched it, I was home alone. I think I was in like fourth grade or something. And I was watching yeah. it by myself. And it scared me so much that I yep. called the police. <laughs> <laughs> really? Oh my yeah. God. <laughs> yeah. And they came oh and I just, God. I know. <laughs> they were like, what's up? And I was like, oh, I think I heard a noise. Like, I just You needed... called the cops on Brian Henson? <laughs> I know. I had to That's do it. So I was cute. I needed the comfort or something. It doesn't actually make sense, but yeah. That would be a top letterbox review for the Dark Crystal because <laughs> I think that was the childhood experience. I would have called the cops if I was in my right mind. Yeah. Who else are you going to involve? Your parents? No. <laughs> I'm saying. They're showing it to you. This, so... this is next level shit. You need the fucking feds for that. <laughs> I'm so glad you understand me. I feel seen. I feel heard. Thank you, Chris. Remember how big a part hypnosis played in movies for children, 80s and 90s? Hypnosis yes. was like 
you don't see it that much anymore but like hip <laughs> hypnosis was i think central to every single plot line of any movie for children in that era or or tv show or anything it's so true and it scared me a little bit too it's like someone can make you do anything i know i know <laughs> for some reason that like it took my breath away hypnosis it excited me actually mhm mm tying it all together maybe yeah. maybe mm -hmm. Do you feel like when you are on stage, you are not quite hypnotizing the audience, but do you feel an energetic exchange between you and the audience? Is that something palpable oh, yeah, that you can sense? Oh, absolutely. What is that? You have to get into that rhythm. Last night I did two shows. First show, I got into it just a bad rhythm. But second show, we were right out of the gate. We were locked in with each other. And I think... If you admit that you're there, I do a thing where I say I'm here before I go on stage, which is like, you know, kind of cringy to say out loud, but I'm dissociative in general. So like I try to displace myself. And if you show the audience, I think that you're here with them, you can find a flow with each other because you have to, you really do have to have an energy exchange. And I do see them as having more power. Maybe I'm wrong, but I'm definitely afraid of an audience. Mm. Do you think they're afraid of you? I am taller than people think. People are always <laughs> scared when they see how tall I am because I don't read as tall, but I am tall. Yeah. Can I ask you such an annoying question? Yeah, sure. How tall? No. <laughs> no, I was wondering if you feel any kind of kinship with Conan O'Brien. <laughs> you know, yes, Irish I Catholic from the Boston area, and you both have those amazing, no one can see yeah. me make this motion that you can. You're doing the backstroke. Yeah. Yeah. Well, just long bodies that you use to comedic effect. You study yeah. dance. I mean, you have this physicality to you that is very entrancing and wild to watch on Thank stage. You. I do feel a kinship with him. Whenever we see each other, he just lists Massachusetts town names, and then I'll have to list one. <laughs> he honestly reminds me of all the women in my family, you know? <laughs> and to have that on the West Coast is amazing. He's much taller than me, though. Is he? Oh, oh yeah, he's gigantic, and he's much more ethereal looking. Like, I have kind of a clumsy nose. There's like this gorgeous mystique to his face. He can almost like vanish at certain angles. It's, uh, yeah, I, I, I could only dream of being that elegant. How fabulous. How fabulous. <laughs> I'm going to end with this quote I came across, and it's from the comedian Bill Hicks. Sure. Who I know people have mixed feelings about, but he said something to the effect of, I, like all artists in Western cultures, am a shaman. Come in the guise of a comic to heal perception by using jokes. <laughs> and I realize that's like very highfalutin sounding, but I wonder if like, <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to make you say, why, yes, I consider myself a shaman. I'm not going to do that to you. That's what a comic says after a show, not before a show. That's after <laughs> after he's killed. That's what he says. Before the show, he's like, I hope they think I'm funny. That's what you say before a show. And then after yes. you're like, I am. <laughs> <laughs> I am a golden god. <laughs> I am the Sherpa. Yeah. I'm the Sherpa for man. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, what, what was the question? I though? just wondered if I could get you to confess. No, I, I wondered <laughs> if that quote had any sort of resonance with you. If there is anything that feels kind of magical about what you do. 
with due respect to the to the deceased, I personally don't relate to the feeling of importance <laughs> to that. I see creativity as the magical part. I see the being able to tap into the well, the divine, whatever it is. When you're able to climb the beanstalk from yourself in those bursts, those five, 10 minute bursts of being in a flow of creativity. Yeah. Oh, that's the best. Even if it happens once a year, I think it's what keeps all, all of us going. And yeah, it, it is magical. Mm, beautifully said. Well, Chris Fleming, my best friend in the whole wide world. <laughs> my college I, roommate. <laughs> exactly. Childhood chums. My I, bridesmaid, my maid of honor. <laughs> I know that folks are going to want to watch all your videos and see you live and so on. Uh, this will be airing in October. So if you have live Ooh, shows perfect. in the fall and onward, um, anything you feel like plugging now is oh. your opportunity to do so. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah, I have shows starting in the, I think, late fall. I'm opening for Guster in November, but then I'm doing a bunch of shows myself. Guster the band? Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. Yeah, just a one show, but it's a big theater in New York. And then I'm doing my own New York show in Chicago and Massachusetts and, oh, Christ, where else? Uh, it's on chrisflemingfleming.com. Yeah. Yes. Okay, that's perfect. And I'm sure people will all be watching your special hell if they haven't already and all of your other amazing videos and so on. Are there any handles that you want to shout out? I know people can just Google it, but just in oh, case. Oh, sure. At Chris Fleming Fleming on Instagram. Easy. And Gmail also. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> no, don't plug. Oh, no, actually, I already said. I think it's funny to plug your Gmail. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but Pam, thank you so much for having me. I hope you got what you needed from me. Oh. Wow. I would say absolutely. I would say. I mean, I feel like there's a high pressure. I hope it was what you were hoping for. Oh, you have exceeded my lofty expectations. Oh, great. Okay, great. I absolutely adore what you make. I've adored talking with you. And I am absolutely going to rush out and get tickets to see you when you're in New York. I really oh, can't wait. I'll comp you. I mean, since we're college roommates and such. Oh, you darling, darling. Thank <laughs> you. Well, listen, I could talk to you for a million more hours, but you have videos to make and a life to live. But thank you so much for doing this. You really <laughs> made my whole, my week, maybe even my month. Who knows? We still have a few weeks That's left, lovely. but so far, so far. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much, Chris. This was such a joy. Thank you, Pam. That's it for the show. Thank you again to Chris Fleming for sharing his alchemical comedy with me. Do you have questions, feedback, need some witchly advice, or just want to share something magical that happened to you recently? Please do drop us an email or a voice memo at witchwavepodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you, and you just might make it on the Witchwire. The Witch Wave is a phantasmophile production written and produced by me, Pam Grossman. This episode was recorded and edited by Josh Wilcox and or Walter Nordquist and myself. Our theme music is the song Hand and Eye by Lycanthia. Our new Witch Wave logo was designed by Thunderwing. And special thanks, as always, go to Matt Freeman, Laura Antal, and Cece Pascal. You can check out information about this and other episodes on our website and now buy Witchwave merch over at witchwavepodcast.com. Please subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app 
And do consider giving us lots and lots of sparkly stars and glowing reviews. It really, truly does make a difference and helps other people find the show. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at WitchWavePod, and you can check out my witch emoji for iPhone by going to witchemoji.com or downloading it in the App Store. My book, Waking the Witch, is available everywhere now, and the witchcraft book I edited and co-authored for Tashin is as well, so thank you for checking those out too. And if you want more Witchwave, or you would just like to support the show, please do join us over on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash witchwave. Thank you so much for listening. Witches are the future. I'll catch you next time on The Witch Wave. <laughs> <laughs>